Welcome to Apparently, the podcast for absolutely average parents. I'm Ann Johnsos. And I'm Tracy Weiner. Ann and I have been friends for a very long time at WGN. Yeah, we started here in the 90s. I produced Bob Collins and Roy Leonard. And I produced Spike and Cochran. So we spent our 20s as wing women for each other. And it didn't work out very well. But then it did. And we found the right guys and we stood up in each other's weddings. And then we had babies within weeks of each other. And we went from producers to reproducers. We make it look easy. Which brings us to this podcast. We want to talk about topics that intrigue us and you and provide some knowledge to other average parents. We're average. We're not experts. So we'll tackle these topics with people who know what they're doing. Yeah, we get the experts. And I fully expect to embarrass myself along the way. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we already have. So welcome to Apparently. We make it look easy. We make it look good. When everybody sees it, they stop and look. Apparently, the devices our kids are using are putting them in danger. And until we started researching this episode, I had no idea. So this topic is going to make me look like an idiot. Yeah. And in in the United States, did you know that about half of kids have some form of social media by the age of 12, according to Common Sense Media Census Report? And actually, when looking at ages 13 through 18, that number goes up to 80% of kids have social media. That doesn't surprise me because... I had They're a, on their phones all the damn time. Yeah, no kidding. So I'm embarrassed to admit that um, two years ago, both of my girls started using Musical.ly, which is an app for making music videos. Yep. Um, and then another mom told me that Hannah was asking people to like her. Oh, like her videos? Yes. Oh. She was making videos of herself saying, please like me. Oh. So Musical.ly went away. Yeah, we don't have Musical.ly. Yeah. And then fast forward to this spring, and this is where uh, I'm... We have our guest on mute right now because I think his head's going to fall off. Um, so I let Hannah connect with friends on House Party, and I think she got the idea from your kids. Yeah, we have House Party, yeah. Yeah. And I let Soph get Snapchat and Instagram. And she's super responsible, so I've never worried about her connecting with strangers, but I think I need to reevaluate. So, Yeah, my kids do not have any social media. Yeah. Okay, this is going to be a tough one for me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so child crime expert detective Richard Wistocki has dedicated his career to helping children by pursuing, apprehending, and prosecuting child predators. Oh, God, I'm starting to sweat. Um, As an active cybercrimes detective, he educates law enforcement on investigative techniques and parents and students on responsible digital activity. He's been in law enforcement for 30 years, 23 years on the SWAT team. He wrote the state Illinois sexting law. He wrote the Illinois sexual exploitation of a child law. Uh, He also formed the Will County, Illinois State's Attorney's High Technology Crimes Unit that made over 90 sexual predator arrests in its first three and a half years. And now he goes around and educates parents. And apparently he knows what he's talking about. And I need to listen. So welcome to this. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, guys. Oh, Rich, I was telling Ann as we were preparing for this episode, you've um, you've actually spoken in my district, in my school district. Um, the PTA had you come out. I missed you when you were, um, uh-huh. we had another engagement that night, so I couldn't make your, your talk. But just going through all your videos and um, reading articles, it's just like every time you think you got a handle on parenting and you, and you know what you're doing, and then you get it handed to you on a plate like, oh, actually, you, you don't know anything about it. And look at how look you have more to learn. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's it's so um, a, it's a daunting task because it's a whole other piece of parenting that 
parents were never ready for. Um, just, like when I teach across the country, when I talk to parents, I get a lot of moms who call me and say, I would never give my daughter a cell phone at 10. She only has an iPad. And I look at them and I'm like, well, that's the same thing, you idiot. Yeah. So it's like, you know, who needs phone service anymore when everything's Wi-Fi? Yes. You know what I mean? So parents need to understand, and that's the biggest challenge I have, is that trying to get parents to understand what their kids are doing. Something as simple as this. When I ask the question in my, in my uh, presentations, I ask the parents, how many of you allow your children to charge their devices in their rooms at night? No way. And uh. they raise their hands. And it's like, well, why do you let them do that? Do you realize they've shut the door so you can't hear them? They don't need to talk. It's typing, reading, and performing. <laughs> and that's what our kids do. The second thing that happens is that when the kid comes to the parent and says, I need a Snapchat, I need Instagram, everybody else has, and that's how they're communicating, I'm missing out. Well, you have to be 13 years old in order to have any social network. So let's face it, our kids are not the best mathematicians. And what they do is they will say, oh, I'm too young. I was born in 2008. I can't have a social network. Oh, I'll just round up to 2000. When I go teach the, the kids in school, I ask how many of you guys are round up to 2000. I get 30 kids raising their hand. Well, now who are they talking to? 18 and up? Because they're 18 now. That's what they put themselves as. So they're going to get exposed to things that 18-year-olds and older are doing on social Wait, network. you're saying that, that parents, like kids, okay, so the way I have our iPads set up or iPods is that everything goes through me. So if they go to buy an app, I get a notification that, that so-and-so, that Ethan is trying to get this app. Is that, that's not how everyone does it? People, no, even are you kids? kidding me? Oh, my God. <laughs> Most parents suffer from a disease. It's called the NMK syndrome, not my kid. Oh. My kid would never do something like that. My kid would never be involved in something like that. I have trained my child that he, will, he or she would never do that. Well, they're sadly mistaken. Okay, now I need to ask because I so clearly I'm an NMK, but um, my 12-year-old who does have social media has a limited network. I follow her, and she's kind of a nerd. So. She's a good kid. Yeah, she's a good kid. So I, I, I don't feel but like that's not who you should worry about. Do you follow her on Instagram? Yes. Okay. So there's a here's a new word for you. What? Finsta. Okay. F I N S T A. And what is that? Finsta is for kids whose parents follow them on their Instagram. Finsta stands for fake Instagram. Oh come so on! So they have one for the parent. And they have one that they really use. Like a hidden when one? When you see your child hasn't posted anything for a week or two, you know they have a Finsta. What? How do you how do you do it? So how do you, why do you set it up, a Finsta? Like you're still going to have the same people. So like nope. let's say, oh, what no, do you mean? No, you don't. Oh, what you're going to have your, your close friends and other people you meet online. And the only way to know is to log out of that Instagram and then when you log back in, it'll ask you which one you want to log into. Oh, my God. So, and I have two Instagram accounts myself, one personal and one for a book I wrote. And I have to, I have to post all the time. And all uh-huh. of my daughter's friends follow me, so they like these things or pretend to like yeah. these things. Um, so I feel like I'm following them. How, how can I find out about the Finsta thing? Can I? You have to go on her yeah, phone. Yeah, so you log out of hers. 
Yeah. And then when you log back in, it should ask you which one you want to log into. Okay. Oh, Oh, geez. Okay. So Finsta, tell us more about what we should be looking at. Okay. I've determined before we started this uh, recording that I need to go home and have some truth telling here, but um, what what else should we look for on their devices? Something. Well, you- let me let, let me start out by having the what's called the technology talk. So if you go if you go to the TEDx website and you TEDx uh, Naperville 2017 TEDx, mm-hmm. you'll see my my TEDx that I did, and that's actually what changed my life. Uh, because I'm getting calls from all over the country to do these parent presentations. I watched it; uh, it's amazing. So. What happened? What happens is that when you have technology talks, that means you are going to a talk to them about what apps they're using, and the apps b the apps they are using. You're going to go through that contact list. Okay. When you go through that contact list, you ask who is this person, and they're, if they give you an immediate response, say, "Oh, that's Jimmy in my gym class. He's in my fourth period. That's who he is. That's a verification." When they have to verify who they talk to, they have to know five things. They have to know who, what the person's name is, mm-hmm. where they live, where they go to school, and their phone number, and be able to contact them at any time, and they know physically who they are. What I tell kids, everyone else online, besides the people they verified, are liars. You cannot trust anyone you meet online ever, unless you verified those five things. Yeah. Wow. First name, last name, where they go to school, where they live, and their phone number. The thing if is, uh, they cannot tw- verify or know who that person is, that person comes off. So when you go through your kid's contact list, now I am saying like 11, 12, 13, 14-year-olds. By the time they get in high school, their contact list is so vast that it's really hard to get a handle. But I'm talking like junior high. Okay. Which is where our kids and, are, are going now. Yeah. So... When you go through that, if they tell you exactly who it is, boom, 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 like right away. But if they give you a, uh, hmm, uh, hmm, uh, that person they met online, that person comes off. Because they know nothing about that person. And they just want to be followed or have that follower. And, and the badge of honor is to have as many followers as you possibly can. Yes. But when we allow our kids to lie about their age to have a social network, what is that telling them? So... That technology talk has to consider going through their contact list. It has to do with what's appropriate and what's not. And we cannot uh, threaten our kids into compliance. So a lot of parents I deal with, and and I even talk to the kids, how many of your parents talk to you about your technology like this? If you're going to take pictures, if you tell people where we live, if you do this, if you do that, you're going to be grounded. I'm taking your phone away. You're not going to see the light of day. You're not going to hang out with your friends. When parents threaten their kids into compliance, they are not going to come to them when they're in trouble. Exactly. They don't want to be embarrassed. They don't want to get in trouble. They don't want to lose their phone. So the t- technology talk should include something that I call the golden ticket. When you sit down with your kids for technology talks, you say, look, I learned so much from this presentation I went to, and I had no idea what predators were doing. I had another, no idea what other kids were doing. If someone makes you feel uncomfortable or wants you to do something that you know mom or dad or I would not approve of, you need to come to us. If you come to us, hopefully before you make the mistake, there's not going to be any consequences. I know before we threaten to do this, threaten you, we're going to give you that golden ticket. But when we give you that golden ticket, you have to feel comfortable and know that you're not going to be reprimanded for what happened. And if you did make a mistake, same thing applies. We need to get through this because the average Internet predator has 250 victims in their lifetime. 
250. Oh my gosh. So what we need to do as parents is that we have to check their contacts, talk to them about the golden ticket, and coming to them is so important because odds are if that predator is doing it to your kid, they're doing it to 10, 20, 30 other kids all at the same time. I like that idea of the golden ticket. That's a good one. The third thing, they ha- you must be monitoring your kid's technology remotely. There is no such thing as privacy for children. Children do not have the mental capacity. The frontal cortex of their brains, it's a proven medical fact, is not developed enough to handle what, ha- what goes on in social networks. So they only do what feels good and what makes them look good or, or what makes them their self-esteem to them in their eyes be good for them. And they will risk certain things that they never in a million years would think because their mental capacity isn't mature enough yet that things would happen to them, put them in themselves in danger because they're safe in their rooms, they're safe on their device, so they think. Mm-hmm. And so when parents see a shift in how the kid acts at home, the answer is in their technology. So parents need to be able to monitor remotely and to see what goes on in that kid's phone. They have to be reading text messages. They have to be looking at the pictures and videos. They have to be seeing who they're contact. They have to locate their child to make sure they are where they say they are. Right. This is all about parenting and technology. Okay. There is no such thing as privacy for children because they don't have the mental capacity to handle what happens on social networks. Yeah, that one... We do. We are responsible for that technology that we give them. I don't care if grandma, grandpa, auntie, uncle, tia to you, give them a new device for their birthday, they don't own it. You, as a parent, allow them to have that technology. What are some ways we can monitor then? Because, you know, uh, I feel like the you can't unring a bell, so my kids have technology. How can I... Um, other than going through their phones, are, are there certain apps or are there certain, is there software I can yes. get? Yes. So what happens is when parents ask me, well, my kid's only 10 or 11 years old. He really wants a phone. I told him I'd get him when he goes into junior high. What I tell parents is do not buy your kid an iPhone, whatever you do. Oh, buy them an Android. Uh-oh. Yes. All right. Well, that because ship has sailed. Apple has virtually cut off any ability to monitor their cell phones because of two-step authentication. What two-step authentication that Apple imposed was when you have that running, if a third party logs into your cloud, they make you change the password. Now, the, the really only, the best software out there is a software called WebWatcher. It's webwatcher.com. Not only do they do PCs and uh, Macs, they also do iPhones and Androids. There is no way to monitor Snapchat. However, uh, if you have an Android with WebWatcher, you can set it to take pictures every minute on that cell phone and send it to your cloud that you get with WebWatcher. And then you can see exactly who they're talking to and what they're posting on Snapchat. But it has to be an Android. For my boys, I always had my mobile watchdog. My mobile watchdog allowed me to put four devices on one account. It was fantastic. And I tell my boys, I said, look, I am too busy to monitor what you're doing on your devices all the time. However, if your grades are going from A's to C's, I'm checking. Uh If you're being highly aggressive or idiots to each other, I'm checking. If you're being disrespectful or if you're coming home late, 
I'm checking because that's my responsibility as a parent. So the the problem is is that parents don't understand when they're too worried about being their child's friend. Our kids don't need any more friends. They need mentors and parents. So for the fact of the matter is what parents miss is that they are so trusting of their of their kids and they don't realize the dangers, inherent dangers in social networking. So it's so they hard to understand that that technology talk is so important before you give a phone. But WebWatcher, uh, my mobile watchdog are really good uh, softwares. I'm looking currently. I'm vetting Bark. I, I haven't seen it work yet, but I'm vetting it. So we'll see what happens. And is my mobile watchdog um, something I could use? I could uh, monitor the iPhone with. Uh, they say they do iPhone, but um, they're they're more. Uh, robust when it comes to uh, Android. Okay. And WebWatcher um, really works nicely with uh, iPhone. So there, it, like every time I think I knew about Musical.ly and other other stuff, there's other apps that are coming up. And um, sure. I heard you talking about Kick. What what the hell is Kick? Um, Kick is, was the largest predator site in the world about three to four years ago. I haven't seen a lot of kids using Kick recently. Okay. Uh, the new ones that they're using now is are Musically because the, the predators know that the kids are younger and younger on Musically, and they can get a hold of them a lot sooner because they're playing on their iPads. The, some of the newest ones that our kids are getting in trouble with and predators are going to is Whisper. Whisper. Uh, Whisper is a new app. It sells itself as an anonymous app, but it geolocates the users that are next to you. So predators are able to have access to, to kids. For example, I did one last year uh, where the guy is a predator, and he went on Whisper, and he would go to every female uh, that is around his geolocation and say, hey, what are we drinking tonight? And when you have a 13- or 14-year-old saying, oh, I don't, I don't drink, I'm too young to drink, boom, that's the person that he would talk to. So then he'd take him to text me up, then he would take him to Snapchat. Okay, but what's text me up? So there are... We don't know what you're talking about, so you just have to go back. Pretend we don't... No, 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 I understand. There are apps that allow our kids to download, and they make their own phone number. So to hide from their parents, they will have apps that can do the texting, like WhatsApp, Mm -hmm. uh, Text Me Up, Pinger, and they can have their own phone platform, and parents don't even realize that they have another telephone number. Oh, wow. Good Lord. So Whisper, though, going back to Whisper, is it, do the kids have to be, can they hide themselves? Do they, if, if their location is not something readily available on their phones? You have to have your location services on mm-hmm. in Whisper if you're, you know, if, if you're going to be victimized. Um, they have it on, and, and it works on geolocation. Your name is not on there. You can post pictures if you want. You can make a, you can make a, um, an avatar if you want. And people will only know you by your location and not by your name or what you look like if you don't post anything, what you look like. But the two sides to this, too, like I do have an app called Life360 so I can track my daughter and my husband. Mm -hmm. Um, And in order to have that work, she has to have her geolocation, right? Right. So if I want to... That's how Whisper works. Oh, good. Ah. The next one um, that kids are starting to get in a lot of trouble with is Live Me. Uh, Live Me is a video chat site, and they're taking videos and people comment on it, you know, and they're asking for comments on my video, and then, of course, you're going to have people say, well, just lift up your shirt a little bit and things like that. 
but live meat is hugely being exploited uh, over the last year or two. Several videos on YouTube of uh, parents finding about uh, out about this and their kids getting into trouble. Would that be an icon on their on their screen? So if I went into my daughter's phone and saw any of these apps, then I would know that. So it would be an app on their phone, correct? You would see yeah, it. Yeah, Live Me is an app. Okay. Um, some of the some of the most 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 concerned. I'll tell you a story about what happened to me a couple weeks ago. Uh, is the Vault apps? Uh, Vault apps are where kids can hide pictures and videos away from their parents. So, for example, the most widely used Vault app is the calculator app. It looks like a calculator, and it works like a calculator. So if you go in your cell phone and you go to the App Store or Google Play and you type in hide my pictures, hide my videos, you're going to see like seven or eight different apps that allow your kids to store pictures and videos they don't want you to see. The most widely used one is the calculator app because it's free. And a lot of parents are like, well, how do I know if they have this? They're like, easy. No kid needs two calculators. So when, uh, when you see two calculators, odds are the other one's a vault. Oh my and God. there's a password that they have to put the password. It's like the default password for the calculator app is 1234-DOT, and you hit AC, and it opens up this whole file extension. And Snapchat is so great. It has its own vault called My Eyes Only. So I was teaching this class in Arizona for the school resource officers. I travel across the country and I teach law enforcement how to investigate Internet crime and cell phones and and cell phone apps. So I'm telling the whole 300 officers that are in my class, I I show them about the app, and um, a female SRO gets up and leaves, and, like, she's holding her stomach, and she leaves the class. Well, the next day, she comes to my booth, and she's like, I don't know how to tell you this, but you saved my daughter's life last night. I'm like, what do you mean? Is she okay? And she says, my husband and I thought we had a great relationship with my 12-year-old. We go through her phone. We go through everything. And she was almost starting to cry. I was like, well, you know, what happened? She goes, well, I had no idea that this vault existed in Snapchat. I told her what you told me to say to parents. I told her to say, let me look at your phone and your stories. And then I saw this my eyes only. I told her to put the code in. And she's like, uh, I don't know what the code is. And mom told her, you know, if you don't put the code in, I'm smashing your phone right now. And you're going to go to flip phone. And she said, fine. And there were numerous pictures of her 11-year-old daughter naked in here. She was being sextorted by someone she met on another app, and then she had a WhatsApp, and then she saw that this person was trying to convince her to kill herself. (gasps) So she didn't, so this SRO started crying, and I gave her a hug, and I'm like, it's okay. I said, is your daughter okay now? And she goes, I went into her Google search history, and she's searching on ways on how to kill herself at 11 years old, and I spent all night last night getting her into a residential treatment facility to reprogram her. Oh, my God. So- I was like, oh, my God, I am so sorry. And uh, she goes, you saved my daughter's life last night. And I'm like, eh, this whole trip was worth it. You know, I can just save one kid. Everything I do is worth it. You mentioned sextorted or sextortion. Is that is that when someone, well, tell us what it is. 
when our kids are gaming online and um, or they're in their social networks, when I show kids that if you're gaming online and someone wants to take you to a private chat, like let's say kids are playing in Roblox or they're playing in Minecraft or they're playing in Fortnite, what they'll do is they'll say, hey, do you want to see what I really look like? And then they'll go to Skype. Or then they'll go to Kik, K-I-K. Uh-huh. So when someone tries to take you off your gaming platform to private chat, they are not who they say they are. And you are about to be a victim. Because if they have something to say, why not say it right on the game? Well, mm-hmm. the reason why that is, is because there's software running in every game in the United States, every app that's in the United States, and every cloud service that monitors in- inappropriate images and videos. So there's a whole algorithm to that, but that's, that's another story. So um, it gets reported to the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children, and then when they look at it, then they would um, send it out as a cyber tip to law enforcement. So then we investigate that. Okay. Predators know this. So then they'll take them over to uh, Skype. It's owned by Microsoft now, but it used to be in Brussels, and the servers are still in Brussels, and they don't have, as far as I know, uh, the monitoring that goes on like we have in the United States. Or they'll take them to Kick because Kick is in Canada. Oh. So then when they get there, the person who they've been gaming with for three or four months will say, hey, we've been friends for so long, three months. Do you want to see what I really look like? And the, your kid would say, sure, go for it. And then they send them two videos of themselves naked. It's not really them. It's someone they got that from. The common denominator in every single sextortion case that I ever worked, and I've, I've worked hundreds of them, is the bad guy will say, now you owe me one pick. So I tell kids, when you see that, you owe me one pick, you're about to be a victim. And then the kids, if we're not talking to our kids about technology, they think when they see you owe me one pick means, oh, that's an Internet law, and I have to reciprocate with the picture because I just want to be nice. Whoa. Oh. So the kid will take their clothes off. They'll take a butt shot, a boob shot at the ripe old age of 12. They'll send it to their friend because now they're doing it too. Next thing you know, this new friend says, now that I have your picture, how do you like your new Instagram account? How do you like your new Twitter account that I'm going to send to your entire class if you don't start making me videos every week? So that's the thing, Rich, isn't it? Like you might, you you think your kid is doing everything on the level and whatever, but even if they were and they were doing it with people, only people they know, they can still be a victim of of somebody messing around with them too correct like in middle school if somebody wants to is a bully and wants to just be a bully like do you know what i'm saying yeah. oh yeah a- absolutely it could be but. something just they couldn't it might not even be a stranger what if it's somebody on instagram that just has a has a axe to grind about your daughter yeah, or son? so so there's a website out there called we are thorn.org we are thorn.org thorn is owned by demi moore and ashton kutcher I actually do presentations with them across the country, Um, and they did had in 2016. They took 1,600 uh, people from 18 to 25 who said that they were sextorted when they were teenagers. So they did this huge study, and what they found were was 60% of the suspects are someone that they went to school with or grew up with that are doing the sextortion to their classmates. Mm Mm-hmm. Or someone they know. So you're right. 
It doesn't have to be, be some someone stranger. That familiar with. Yes. And then forty percent of them they met on a social network and, and or a gaming platform. So the the problem is is that our kids, depending on how they handle it, if, if a we're not having that technology talk with them, and b if we're not monitoring because they can't handle what goes on in in, in in situations like that, who prepares their kid to be sextorted? You know. Right. We have to be vigilant as a parent. Because this technology, parenting, technology and parenting has to go hand in hand if we want to protect our kids. Is it possible for kids to create Instagram accounts under someone else's name? Like what you were talking about with the sextortion, even without the sex photos, could could sure. someone pretend to be my daughter on Instagram? Sure, absolutely. In most states, like in Illinois, uh, that is called false personation, and it is illegal to create an account using someone else's picture's name or likeness mm-hmm. uh, in order to injure their reputation. But, but they do it. A misdemeanor. So that happens all the time. When I talk to kids in school, I'll get five to 20 kids raising their hand that they know somebody has been a victim of that. Wow. So it's even if, even if you totally trust your kid, like... We our daughters are straight A students. They you know are good good kids. Yeah. It's not it's not her that I'm worried about. It's the people that might have an like just want to just mess with her. Correct, correct. So recently, I have been um, approached by a new company uh, called Stop It. The company name is Stop It Solutions, and we are going to start working together. It's an amazing app that school districts purchase. Mm-hmm. And they then pay $1 per kid that's in the school district, and every kid gets this app called Stop It. And if they are being victimized or if they see something going on, they can take a screenshot of it, they can take a picture of it, report it totally anonymous. And then that information goes to the point person designated by the school district, and then they act upon it immediately. Currently, they have 2,400 schools all over the country that subscribe to Stop It. Awesome. So we're going to be working together um, to further the education of parents in their networks, students in their networks, and the faculty on what to do with that information when they get it. This is information that you don't normally think of. You're just trying to get out of the argument with, like, my daughter's 12, and in sixth grade, she was one of the last people to get a phone. It, it was disgusting, and I held on for a really long time, and she's like, Mom, everyone has one. And it's a it's a hard argument because you don't want them to be, like, the, the only down. one. Yes, and it's like, even though in my heart, in my family, my husband and I were like, this is, we want to hold on as long as possible, and yet we still give in. There is no better guide than the God-given talent of a mother's intuition. If something is not right, it's not right. God has given you this talent that something's wrong, something's wrong. Like, you could be making dinner in, 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 in your kitchen, and then your kid comes through the mudroom, right? You say, hey, sweetheart, how was your day today? What do they say? Fine. Yep. But by the way they give you a kiss hello, by the way they put their book bags down, by the way they go through the house, by the way they march up the stairs, by the way they go in their bedroom, by the way they lay in their bed, you're like, oh, my God, there's something wrong. Oh, yeah. And they didn't even say anything. Yep. yep. Nonverbal communication. Moms have this ability to read their baby. My advice to you moms out there is to investigate, investigate, investigate until you, in your heart of hearts, know why your child feels that way. Now, when I talk about your babies, I'm talking six months old all the way to 50. 
<laughs> moms know. It never stops. Yep. Never, ever ignore your intuition because the victims that I deal with, I'll have that mom saying, I knew I should have did this or I knew I shouldn't have done that. I knew I shouldn't have let her go there. You need to pay attention to that instinct because if you don't pay attention to that instinct, something is going to happen. Trust your gut. Trust your gut. That God-given talent of a mother's intuition is like no other. But on the flip side, that thing sitting next to you in your lazy boy chair called your husband, (laughs) yeah, God God skipped him. He ain't got none of that. (laughs) What do dads do? Oh, leave her alone. We remember when we used to take the kegger in the trunk? We went to the woods. Oh, yeah. The biggest mistake parents make. When you start telling your kids what you did when you were their age, that is the biggest mistake a parent can make. Because you are just giving that kid a gift certificate to go do that actual act that you told them that you did. Because what's the first thing going to come out of their mouth when the principal catches them for this or the police catches them for that? Right. What are you talking to me for? You did it too. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be standing there with your mouth open wide and the cops are going to be like, you actually told your kid you did this too? Well, you get what you get. Yeah. yeah. Never, ever, ever tell your kids what you did when you were their age. They don't need to know that stuff. Well, actually, on 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 the flip side, there though, Tracy and I were both total nerds, <laughs> so we didn't do anything. Yeah, <laughs> we really were straight laced, square, so, yeah. totally square. <laughs> but yeah, the husband's not so much. Yeah, yeah, no, dads out there. I'm just kidding. Uh, dads do have a sense of um, parenting and an instinct, if you will, about bad boys and things like that. Sure. Um, it, it's a joke that I just I just said, but again. The mother's intuition is so much stronger, but you have so many moms trying to be friends with their daughters, and and that's just a, a recipe for disaster. Oh uh, well, all right. So uh, we have run out of time, and we could go on forever. So um, <laughs> uh, we might call you again. Yes. So you have yeah, a anytime. you yeah. have a so consulting. If your audience wants to get a taste of um, my programs, uh, you can Google uh, Naperville Police Internet Safety. Mm-hmm. And my TED Talk is on there, my parent video is on there, and my student video is on there. Uh, if they wanted to book a presentation, like tomorrow I'm leaving for Oregon, I, I've got a bunch of things I'm doing out there with the resource officers, and and um, you can go to BeSureConsulting.com, B-E-S-U-R-E, Consulting.com, and get all the discounted software and training that you need. Super. I highly recommend um, this as a school, uh, a PTA or like a conversation within school districts because you really don't think about any of this stuff and you are so busy with your day-to-day lives or working and coming home and making dinner and doing homework and stuff that you you just take for granted that everything's going to be okay until something isn't okay anymore. Right. Thank you, Detective Rich Wistocki. You're welcome so much. Thank you so Fantastic. much. All right, thank you. Yeah, call me anytime. Thank have a good you. week. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. So apparently I have my work cut out for me. i got to sort through the devices and the contacts, as he said. I, I, I'm just floored at how little I know. And I'm a little emotional about it because I had no idea that they were in danger like this. Yeah. So. It's uh, we have good kids. Like I, uh, you know, I I could say it for me too. N M K. Would it not my kid? Not my kid. But yeah. But I'm I worry about the people that maybe have something an axe to grind against my kids. Yeah. And want to do something to bully. I did not know that it was possible. I didn't know that someone could create a fake account and just wreck and destroy. Yeah. So, so um, 
All right. Well, knowledge is power, correct? Yep. And I know what I'm doing today. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us today. I'm Tracy Weiner. And I'm Ann Johnson. We make it look easy. We make it look easy.